Most professional exterior paint jobs are guaranteed two to three years. Rhino Shield is guaranteed for 25 years. Hey, everybody, Todd Jeffries here for Rhino Shield. It's a ceramic coating that is eight times thicker than paint. It can be applied over any surface, including wood, bricks, stucco, steel, hardy board, vinyl, even your roof. And right now, they're offering a 15% discount. For a free quote, Texas Rhino Shield at 855 Rhino TX. That's 855 Rhino TX. And online, Texas Rhino Shield. The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz. 8.05 here on the Todd and Oz Show. And yeah, you could join us at 512-836-0590. Well, listen, uh, Joe Biden remains hopeful that some sort of bipartisan immigration deal can be reached. The senators continue to talk, uh, you know, it's gone on for months now. Right? Yeah. Everybody knows what the problem is, but uh, it appears that uh, there could be some sort of compromise in progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could join us at 512-836-0590. Listen, the big tech giants, they got together in our nation's capital yesterday to take some, uh, well, some heated questions from lawmakers. It was uh, quite a showing, actually. At one point, Mark Zuckerberg stood up and apologized to the mothers and fathers standing behind him holding pictures of their dead kids as a result of some sort of exploitation online. Right, right. Uh, yeah, and, uh, well, the uh, the hearing was... Well, let's get a full report on the story. Uh, this happened yesterday uh, in, uh, in, uh, in the Senate chambers. It was, at times, a contentious hearing. Senator, I view my job and the job of our company as building the best tools that we can to keep our community safe. Well, you're failing at that. To, well, Senator, we're doing an industry-leading effort. We build AI oh, tools nonsense. that... Your product is killing people. Will you personally commit to compensating the victims? You're a billionaire. Republican Senator Josh Hawley laying into Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg over what Hawley feels is his company's refusal to take responsibility for children who have been harmed by Meta's Instagram platform. Zuckerberg at one point rising from his seat and turning to apologize to family members of victims sitting in the audience holding up pictures of their loved ones. And this is why we so much and are going to continue doing extremely efforts to uh, to make sure that no one has to go through the types of things that your families have to suffer. Senators are demanding accountability from Zuckerberg, as well as Discord's Jason Citron, Snap CEO Evan Spiegel, TikTok CEO Shuzi Chu, and ex-CEO Linda Yaccarino, all of whom say programs have been put in place to better prevent and track harmful engagement on their respective platforms. Democratic Chairman Dick Durbin. Discord has been used to groom, abduct, and abuse children. Meta's Instagram helped connect and promote a network of pedophiles. Snapchat's disappearing messages have been co-opted by criminals who financially extort young victims. TikTok has become a, quote, platform of choice for predators to access, engage, and groom children for abuse. And the prevalence of CSAM on X has grown as the company has gutted its trust and safety workforce. The bipartisan Stop CSAM Act, CSAM stands for Child Sexual Abuse Material, would implement ways for companies to be sued and force them to do more to prevent their platforms from being used in harmful ways. The Senate notes the number of victims identified in CSAM rose almost tenfold from 2009 to 2022, from 2,172 victims to over 21,000. John Stolnes, Washington. Yeah, it was quite a uh, quite a hearing yesterday, especially with those mothers and mothers and fathers uh, yeah. standing behind Zuckerberg. So, how do we address this issue? 
Even uh, Facebook's own research, even social media's own data and uh, research teams themselves. And, well, every mother and father listening right now will probably tell you that social media has uh, impacted their child. Absolutely. And, and probably them themselves. There's no way it couldn't have. I mean, if you're a user of it, a regular user of it, especially children, there's no way it couldn't have impacted. No way. Yeah. So how do we fix this? Should there be a, an age requirement? Should you be 18 to be able to have a social media account or 16? Whatever the number is, I mean, should there be some restrictions? Or should it be just totally 100% up to mom and dad to keep track of what their kids are doing on that cell phone? Well, you know, I ultimately, yes, it does come down to that, doesn't it? Yeah. It, it really should come down to that. Ultimately, now, you talk about Talk about an age restriction. I, I I wouldn't be, you know, if somebody said, look, we're, we've decided that, you know, 16, kind of like driving a car, you know, this is an age that, you know, we think, you know, nobody under 16 should be on social media. All right, fair enough. But how do you enforce that? Right. How do you, I mean, and then it would, it would come right back to the parents again. The parents would have to continue. So, you know, ultimately it does come back to the parents. Sure. Absolutely. But, you know, you had, uh, you know, like 60 parents uh, or parents of more than 60 kids mm. that filed suit last year against uh, Snapchat. For allegedly facilitating, uh, you know, their kids' acquisition of drugs through their their messaging, which led to their overdoses, and we saw some of that here. We heard about that here with kids accessing the fentanyl through these Snapchat messages. But uh, you know, it, it's it's Snapchat is just providing the messaging platform, right? Is if if it's knowingly facilitating the the say transfer of child porn or something like that, you know, that's right. one thing, right? But, I mean, you can't go through and scrub and, and look at all, every single message that's sent. They're privacy issues. I mean, sure. at some point, you know, you've got to, I don't want to say give these companies a pass, but I guess in some way you kind of do. I mean, it's... Well, that's, and that's come some of the arguments that they are making, the pro-tech and pro-social media lawyers. That, that's what they're arguing. They say that they're just a First Amendment platform, just like the guns are a Second Amendment platform. Uh, we deserve immunity from lawsuits from these parents. That's what the arguing, uh, you know, the lawyers representing these tech companies argue. And I, you know, I understand that, especially when you put it, you know, when you parallel it with with like the gun manufacturers. I mean, it makes perfect sense. That argument does make perfect sense. Uh, social media is just so ingrained in, in society, and especially with young people. I, I just don't know how you. I mean, it really would take someone being willing to just dig through and watch constantly of what, what their kids are doing. And, and nobody can watch 100% of the time. And to be honest, it's, it's a great tool to catch perverts. You know, it really is. It's a great tool to catch drug dealers. And or we anybody, see those stings a lot. Or anybody that's victimizing anybody, right? Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice to see the FBI have a robust program that goes after those kind of folks that are doing bad things in cyberspace? Wouldn't that be nice? Like it, real bad guys. Instead of arresting Christians praying in abortuaries. Yeah. 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 Uh, jump in at 512-836-0590 uh, here on the Todd and Oz Show. The, these CEOs are Zuckerberg, uh, what was his name, Spiegel from Snap. I mean, they, you know, they did. Make apologies. Mm. Uh, I, you know, I, I mean, I think Zuckerberg says, you know, I'm sorry for all you've been through. We're going to try to prevent uh, this, he yeah, said. Yeah, Spiegel says, I'm sorry we haven't been able to prevent the tragedies. Um, but, you know, that, that uh, I mean, what more can they do? Page 16 here on the Todd and I Show. Yeah, you can join us. Uh, jump in at 512-836-0590. Capital Metro's Transportation Authority. As you know, they've launched this uh, very ambitious program to expand its bike share program within the city. Yeah, the transit company has announced a partnership with PBSC Urban Solutions aimed at replacing uh, and expanding the 80 Metro bike stations 
1,000 docks, uh, 800 bicycles focused in the downtown area, and tripling the size of this uh, bike share system. Yeah, this contract is, uh, well, it totals $20.6 million to extend uh, uh, the Electrified Shared Bicycle uh, Program in, in uh, Austin, Texas. How about that? That's a big, ambitious goal, right? Yeah. Kind of annoying, too, that they're going to electrify it. What do you mean? Well, look, I, I see what throughout most of history of the bicycle, your feet, your legs, that was that was it. That was enough. But now we, the taxpayer, are going to get to foot the bill yeah. for electric assist bicycles. Mm. So, you know, you Which can have hop to be, off. We have to be plugged into some sort of fossil burning uh, generator or system, like a there diesel generator. There right? you go. But no, I, I just don't right. understand. Why, why can't, if, if we got to pay for these bikes anyway, why can't yeah. you just get off your train, get off your bus, and pedal yourself to wherever you need to go? Why do we have to, why do we have to put the bill for extra stuff just because you're, you're kind of lazy? Yeah. It's true. Pedal, pedal power is the most environmentally friendly form of transportation. It really is. I mean, if you're really concerned about the existential threats, you know, you climate cultist out there, you should be riding a bike to work and school every day. And not an electric-assisted le- electric bike either. Because, you know, you need fossil fuels for that. It's true. Something's got to charge that. Well, thing. this is a big investment. And uh, I think uh, I think there was one report, uh, the lady there over there at uh, Capital Metro says there were like, 24,000 bike rides? Yeah, monthly. Monthly? And that's a lot. I mean, you know, that's a, that, that's what they say. It's a uh, lot. Councilmember uh, Paige Ellis sits on the Capital Metro board, and she told the Austin Monitor, I'm excited to see the city and Capital Metro partnering to invest in sustainable and innovative transportation solutions, and I'm especially eager for Metro Bike to electrify the fleet. It's an expense that we don't need to bear. I could guarantee you the whole time she's thinking in her head, I will never use one of these. Well, oh, of the course cur- not. Of course. No, no, no. They would never will. <laughs> of course not. Well, the current older clunky red B-cycles, they're heavy. They're kind of outdated, right? Hard to maneuver is what some people have been saying. On-site charging connections for some of the new docks will be- allow more bikes to be available for longer distance rides. Uh, these updates and investments align with the city's mode shift goals of enhanced mobility and encourages an eco-friendly mode of transportation. All right. Well, they're obviously they're they're they're, they're going to spend the money on, it. and what they want to do is, you know, because they're going to have this ridiculous train line that's not going to go anywhere important. Uh, they're you know they want to make sure that they've got these electric bus stations at every train stop or bus stop, so you know you can hoof it over to a, bu- a bike station and then ride a bike, uh, and not even really have to pedal all that much because it's electric assisted. Basically, you have a a, a, v- a very low end moped. Mm-hmm. That's basically what they're renting on. Mo- low end, low, low, low end mopeds. I got a question. Can you get a can you get a a, a DWI riding an electric bike? One of these rented bikes. Oh, I think can so. You? I think so. I, has, have, have police ever given a citation to somebody drunk on a bike downtown? I have a buddy. Uh, this was back in the late nineties. He used to work in a restaurant down there uh, in the warehouse district, and he claims that he got a DWI on a bicycle. Now, I don't know if he's you know just telling fish stories or not, but well, that's w- kind of embarrassing. Yeah. That's kind of funny. Yeah, well, you know, everybody's got that friend. Well, he, he's that guy. I mean, I could see get one, uh, getting uh, getting one on an electrified vehicle, but not on a pedaling bi- bicycle. Well, I think he crashed that, into a parked car or oh, something okay. like that, you know. Was it drunk in public? It or? Might, might have been what it is. Maybe he was just you know, hamming it, it up, saying it was a DUI. Not driving while intoxicated, but uh, public drunkenness. I don't make it a habit to be in- impressed by drunk driving stories typically. So, yeah. All right. Let me squeeze in uh, Fred real quick. Fred's in Cedar Park and wants to weigh in on this 
social media tech uh, hearing they had yesterday in D.C. Fred, good morning. Good morning. Yes, sir. Well, I just thought that it seems disingenuous to me when those platforms like Facebook say that we're just a platform. We're not a publisher. We, we really shouldn't be held responsible for tragic things that happen to people as a result of content that gets posted on our platform. A couple of years ago, when I posted that I believed that the Wuhan lab in China was responsible for the COVID outbreak, my account was blocked. So if you're not responsible, why did you have to block me? I, either, I mean, you can't have it both ways. Yeah, I agree. No, 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 I hear what you're saying, yeah. They were easily able to do that, right? Well, you know, I, I mean, they, and they were pressed hard. The federal government leaned hard in the social media companies to do stuff like that. Let's squeeze in Josh in Georgetown. Josh, good morning. Hey, how y'all doing? Great. What's um, on your mind? I would like to make a comment on the bicycle thing. So yeah. if they electrify these bikes, it's not like riding a regular bike. It, it starts in motion, mm-hmm. and it goes, and you have to keep it in motion. And so it's kind of not as controllable as a regular bike. Mm. So if you let these people loose, they're trying to get to work. Who's going to be responsible when they ride out into traffic, get hit by a car, or cause an accident? Who is responsible? The city? Because they're providing those bicycles. Mm. Well, logically, I would say the rider is responsible, but but somebody probably go after the city, right? We'd end up getting sued. you got to go after whoever has insurance. Now, like I'm a motorcycle rider. I have to have insurance to ride my motorcycle. That is an electric vehicle. It's it's not a self-powered, so that changes the dynamics. It is now a powered vehicle. It has to have insurance, but you know, to come. My car has insurance. My 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 boat has insurance. My motorcycle has insurance because they're powered vehicles. That's so what true. about this? Who's going to be responsible when somebody has an accident? Well, look what uh, with all it's the- a great question. It's it's a, it's, a, it's a question that hasn't been talked about. You're right? He, he's absolutely right. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, it's if you go rent a car. Uh, you typically are insured by your insurance unless you buy the rental car's insurance, yeah. right? Yeah. right? Right. Is that what you're thinking, Josh? Yes, sir. Uh, you, so, so therefore, your insurance company may start asking you, hey, do you, you ride the electric bikes downtown? We need to know about that. Mm. That's right. And also, uh, just another comment, I, am, I live in Georgetown, and I live very close to the hike and bike trail, and I see people every day, and I've seen a very noticed uh, a transition from people riding regular bikes to electric bikes, mm. and that's okay for the older crowd, people that are older, you know, 60, 70. I like to see them get out, and they're using the bicycles that way. But I'm seeing very young people using these bikes, and they're using them just like a motorcycle. They don't pedal. They don't do anything. That's so right. we're regressing mm. into this new this new era of laziness. They go a little faster, don't they? I see yes, sir. Yeah, no, they're, they're whizzing by. Yeah. Anyway, that's my comment. That's I think that the, uh, they need to think about the insurance situation. Yeah. Remember, we had a scooter rider uh, came and came off Fifth Street, going up the wrong way up the feeder, and got hit by, I believe, a taxi cab. This is about three years ago. It's a drunk kid. Yeah. Who was responsible for that? You know, these scooters, the electric scooters, and electric bikes that they rent. Who there should be a responsible person or something that causes an if someone the scooters get out in traffic, they scoot, they shoot out there in mm-hmm. front of traffic, they somebody hits them. And they, it's the car's fault. It's not that the scooter rider's fault. The car, the car has insurance. I'd always That's thought it was. I'd always thought it funny that they really don't enforce any kind of helmet law on that front for mm. the scooters and the e-bikes, right? Yeah. You you, you ride a motorcycle out there, you got to wear a helmet. Mm-hmm. What about the e-bikes? Should you be required to wear a helmet? People won't rent them if they do. People will not rent them. 
if they're required to wear a helmet. People are not going to carry around a helmet. No. They not. would if they have a motorcycle they're riding to work, right? Well. But if they're just riding the train downtown, carpooling downtown, and have to need, you know, a need for that electric bike for that one, you know, that one mile, last mile, they're not going to bring a helmet with them. Helmet laws are dumb anyway. You, you know, if, if you want to ride a bike without a helmet, you know, go for it. Yeah. You know, I, I, nobody should have to ride a, wear a helmet on a bike. Ride at your own scooter. risk. Yeah, ride at your own risk. You're a grown Come, adult. Yeah, you're, you're right. I, I agree with that, yeah. But, I, you know, I, he, and he brought up the scooter, uh, I, and, and I was going to mention that earlier. You know, we saw what happened when they just unleashed scooters on people. I know it's a little bit different. You're standing up versus sitting down, but still, it, it's, it feels different under you uh, if you're not used to it. Yeah. We saw all kinds of crashes. You know, people are just, oh, yeah, this is a great new way to get around. And boom, boom, before you know it, they're, you know, they've, they're picking pavement, you yeah. know, out of their lip. Yeah. Well, they look easy to ride, the scooters. They look easy. When you watch uh, a younger person ride, when you go, oh, that looks easy, that looks fun. Yeah, Let's sure. try it. You know, and next thing you know, Aunt Ethel, she's on vacation in Austin, and she's never even been on a skateboard or anything. And here she is, 60 years old, and it looks easy. It looks easy. And the next thing you know, she needs a new set of teeth. And a hip. And a hip. Yeah. Because she crashed. So we could very well see something similar to that. He was right. You know, it, you get up, you get this bike underneath you, it starts moving, and you're not used to something like that. And it's not real high power. But again, you know, if, if, if you've just pedaled bikes your whole life, which yeah. is what you should still be doing, yeah. this is we shouldn't be spending money just so you can ride a glorified moped. Yeah. Uh, 826. Uh, listen, I don't think there should be a mandatory helmet law. I don't either. At all. But if either. I own the e-bike company, my insurance may want me to require a helmet, right? Eight thirty-three here on the Todd and Oz show. You can join us at five one two eight three six zero five ninety. The Austin City Council is set to move forward with uh, well some measures to uh, basically keep police officers from quitting, and maybe even help with uh, efforts to recruit uh, new police officers. Yeah. Uh, jump in at five one two eight three six zero five ninety. At council today, they're going to talk about this uh, this ordinance that will uh, extend the pay and benefits of Austin police officers uh, because you know I think there it was March thirty first of last year mm-hmm. that their contract expired with, with the city of Austin, and f- so for almost a full year now, the the Austin Police Association police officers have been working without a contract. So the p- council is going to you know. P- work to ensure the pay and benefits moving forward for now. But there's one of the parts of this ordinance that I find interesting is, is they're actually trying to incentivize the Austin Police Union to, to come to the bargaining table. If each, each Austin police officer, uh, if, the, if, if the union can negotiate a long-term contract by July 18th, each Austin police officer will get a $2,500 lump sum payment. And I think that there would be uh, some hundreds of dollars per officer just for coming back to the table, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken. But so they're really trying to 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 force talks here. Mm. The union and city have not been able to see eye to eye for a while now. Uh, ultimately, we we we're seeing crime, you know, going up. We're seeing the the staffing shortage getting worse at the police department, and and we well, for years now we haven't really seen a lot out of the Austin City Council that they care. So, it's true. So we'll see. You know, I, 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 this is an interesting move. I think it's a very interesting move. Well, every cop, $2,500, bucks, lump, lump sum, one-time payment, if we reach a contract by July 18th. And, and, and the big hurdle is this lawsuit. Some of the activists have filed a lawsuit against the city because of uh, some of the things they want implemented in this process. Yeah.
Yeah. And and the police union says, well, heck, we, we, we really can't negotiate until we figure that court case out. Yeah. You, you don't know what the, the starting point's going to be. And that, that has to do with what the, I believe is the G file, with, with the personnel files and, and confidential stuff that's in there and uh, the public being able to access certain things. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it's all tied up in court right now. So it, it'll probably be a while until we actually have an answer on that. Here's what uh, Mayor Kirk Watson told KXAN this week. We want to send a message to our police officers that we got your back. And I'm just curious, police officers, do do you feel that way? Do you feel that this city council has got your back? 512-836-0590. What has the city done to make you feel like they got your back? Yeah, I don't think that message is getting to the cops. Well, uh, he he previously told KXAN it was the intent behind the resolution, which has four co-sponsors and includes uh, police pay increases as well as incentives for reaching uh, a contract agreement. Well, it, it might feel like you got, uh, you know, like they got your back if all of the city council agreed to this, and I don't think they do. I no, no. There's there there will be a lot of pushback. Yeah, I, I mean we, you know, it's just it's it's got to be so frustrating. You know, they they came to that con that that contract agreement, a four year agreement, in February of last year, uh, and, and this city council, this same people that are up there right now just shot it all down including the mayor and and there has I, i've you know they they push through all their little pet projects every day on twitter you see so many of them out there patting themselves on their backs well, kirk watson with his watson wire talking about all the stuff we're doing but you never you never really hear them talk about you know we are actively trying to do anything to to fix this problem if i were a police officer i would never i i wouldn't i i would be hard pressed to find something great the city has done for me in years yeah Honestly, well, I'm getting a barrage of text messages here from uh, from police officers. Uh, one text says, uh, "Yeah, they got a knife in our back." Yep. One says, uh, yeah, "Not quite got our back. They're actually on our backs." And then one says, "No, not at all. We don't feel like they got our backs at all." No doubt, uh, I, I, none of that surprises me. Yeah, I, you know, I guess you'll find the occasional cop who's like, "Yeah, you know, I I like what the city does, but you know, I think they'd be like unicorns." Well, the resolution uh, guarantees current salaries, benefits, uh, the October bonus, and hold police uh, force harmless until uh, they can get a, a contract. Provide each officer a $500 bonus if the APA comes to the table, and at least uh, another $2,500 in bonus money if the contract is completed by June 30th. Uh, and uh, and keep in mind, they had a contract. They had a four-year deal already on the table, and on day one, the mayor said, uh-uh, we're going to go back to the drawing board on this one. Uh, also guarantee that if there is a, a contract, officers receive at least a 2.5% pay raise this year. Uh, they can negotiate the up, uh, but it will start as uh, kind of an assurance of a raise, if you will. Yeah. 512-836-0590. Well, I was reading a, a, an Austin Monitor article the other day, and uh, Michael Bullock with the Austin Police Association uh, talked to him. And, you know, he says, look, we're not going to be coming back to the table uh, until this lawsuit with, with equity action or whatever the name is, is is taken care of, is resolved, regardless of any bonus that may be coming our way. And I'm sure every cop listening right now could use an extra 2500 bucks. Who couldn't, right? But, you know, I mean, he's he's made it pretty clear in that monitor arc. We can't move forward, period. So the city can offer this, still can't change anything. Mm. And that's unfortunate because, you know, I mean, that's – that's that's just one more thing that they're distracted by that they don't need to be distracted by. Yeah. You know, they dodge bullets out in the street every day. Yeah. Well, not every day, thank God, but you know.
You know what I'm saying? Some days. Yeah, some days they do. Sometimes they have to go into a very dangerous situation and they get shot and killed by a, a crazy person. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, we had that just months ago. We did. Yeah, absolutely. Still dealing with the pain of that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, all right. It is uh, 839 here at KLBJ. Listen, New York City police officers are allegedly attacked by several undocumented immigrants, illegal aliens. Fox reporter C.B. Cotton is in New York and has the very latest on that story. The outrage grows after a pair of officers were kicked, even stomped on here in Times Square. This brutal attack captured on surveillance. At this time, at least five of the suspects have been arraigned and released without bail. Two more suspects arrested. The NYPD's top officers and New York leaders say this city is sending the wrong message. 22-year-old Joan Boada leaving court after his arraignment at times covering his face and then giving not one but two middle fingers to the media yeah there you go how about that i mean how brazen is that these guys are clearly know the score they know it's like yeah i i am so confident nothing's gonna happen that i'm gonna i'm gonna turn around and give you the double one finger salute Mm -hmm. you know i mean you're, you're you're in a country in which you're not even invited to come into and and you're 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 tuning up cops and you're flipping off cameras in courtrooms it's absurd that that this is even some this is this is it's like some bizarro reality we're living in. Yeah, the attack comes as cities around the country are struggling to deal with a record number of illegal aliens arriving in their city. Got a lot of issues. So while the president uh, remains hopeful that there could be some kind of bipartisan deal, I think that's what concerns people the most about a bipartisan deal that may allow a certain number of illegal aliens into our country every day. Final text on new immigration and border provisions negotiated by a group of Senate Republicans and Democrats is not expected to be released today. But White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre says there's no deadline. Do we want it to happen today? Did we want it to happen two weeks ago? Obviously, yes, but we want to give them the space uh, to do this. This is an issue that we have been dealing with for decades. New immigration rules are tied to a broader security spending package requested by President Biden that would resume military aid for Ukraine. So far, the administration says it does not plan to ask Congress to break up that spending bill. At the White House, Jared Halpern, Fox News. Man, oh man. Yeah. So what have we been doing this now? Playing this game about four months on this border, uh, border well, negotiation? most recently four months. Yeah, but yeah. but honestly, we've been dealing with this for about 75 well, years. Well, decades, sure, sure. Yeah. But I mean, this particular border bill yeah. debate. And, you know, there there's still a lot of reports out there that uh, it's on life support, uh, you know, that it it uh, it could be dead on arrival, you know, in, in the Senate. There are a lot of... Ultimately, this is. Uh, I, I think when we come down to these bipartisan agreements, it seems like more often than not, the Democrats get almost everything they want. And the Republicans, you know, they make some concessions. Squeeze in Jimmy uh, on the Todd and Oz show this morning. Jimmy, what's on your mind? Morning, fellas. Hey, uh, just real quick question. I'd like for you guys to get out on the air, and I, I would love for some Democrat and liberals to call in and explain to you guys what are they going to do when everything finally hits the fan, just like with all these illegal aliens, you know, coming across the border, just like the cops getting beat down in New York and the, and the Democratic judge turning them loose, uh, like like y'all talked earlier this morning with China's attack on our infrastructure, our water, our electric grid, our transportation, our communication. What are these libs and liberals, Democrats going to do when it finally... when? When when the when the order is given and all these illegals turn against the United, 
what are they going to do when the capital, the socialism, the communism completely takes over? What are they going to do? I want to hear some answers from a Democrat and liberal standpoint. What are they going to do? They're probably going to do exactly what the illegal aliens are doing. They're going to flee their own country. So lawmakers, uh, they uh, recently voted on a bill that would uh, bar Hamas members from entering the United States. If they were caught, they would be deported or imprisoned, right? Uh, nearly everyone in the House voted for this bill to bar, uh, you know, from the U.S. all Hamas members and anyone involved in the Islamic terror group uh, in the October 7th attacks. Uh, but no, uh, but that's a no vote from uh, Cory Bush and Rashida Talab, members of the squad. Oh, what a surprise. They voted against this. And um, yeah, they, they, I guess, I guess they're okay. They're, they're Hamas they're Hamas supporters. Apparently so, because the bill, it's H.R. 6679, it's actually called the No Immigration Benefits for Hamas Terrorist Act, right? It, it, it expands a U.S. ban on PLO officers, Palestinian Liberation Organization officers and, and, mm -hmm. and members. It was introduced, it says, any person participated in, planned, financed, afforded material support to, or otherwise facilitated the October 7th attack shall be ineligible for any relief under the immigration laws. And Cory Bush, Rashida Tlaib both say, nah, I'm not going to vote for this. And then he had one other one, uh, Delia Ramirez. She's a Democrat out of Illinois. She just voted present. So two, uh, th these two have clearly shown where, wow. where, where their loyalties lie. That's amazing. I'm actually surprised there weren't a few others that tacked on to the, the, the no votes. The Greg Kassar, AOC. Did, did, did he vote on this? Well, I'm not seeing his name on this list of, of, of no votes, at least. Uh, voting against it. That's pretty bold, right? 422 members of the House voted to pass the bill. Three voted either against or voted present. And Bush and Tlaib were the one, the two to vote against. That's an easy vote, right? I mean, that's an easy thing to say. It's easy to stand up and say, I do not support terrorists. Yeah. Well, I do not support the uh, terrorist, radical Muslim terrorist organization Hamas. We do not support them. That's, yeah. that's easy to say. But Tlaib comes out and she says, well, this is just another Republican bill that's going to incite hatred. And H.R. 6679 isn't needed. It's redundant, she says. It's it, it, uh, already existing in federal law. You know, the, these, whatever. Uh, yeah. So we pass resolutions, pointless, she, meaningless uh, it, resolutions all the time, whether it be at Austin City Hall, all the way up to the federal government. Meaningless, empty resolutions are passed all the time that are just meant to send a message. How about, you know, Austin City Hall or any uh, local government, you know, calling to do a ceasefire resolution right. for Gaza or, or at the feds for that matter. It doesn't matter. It's not going to change anything. Yeah. And, and yet she says here, oh, no, no, this is unnecessary because it, it, it already exists in federal law. But, you know, so in, in this case, we, we don't need to, you know, to, to, to show our opposition to Hamas. Well, we know where your loyalties lie. We know where, where uh, what, what's her name? Uh Minnesota. Elon Omar? Yeah, we know where her loyalties are. Somalia. She's, uh, she's a Somali first candidate. Yeah, we know Greg Kassar is, is uh, you know, a Mexico first candidate. You he's know, he, I mean, he, we, we know where these people's loyalties lie. Now, Greg Kassar is Iran first. <laughs> I've heard the rumors. <laughs> I've heard are, they, are they rumors? Well, like, I don't know. I'm just, you know, I've, I've heard. Is Greg Kassar an, an Iranian descendant? Well, I've heard that. Is he? Uh, that, that 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 was. I mean, that's the word. That's around. At times, uh, it floats around social media. That that his parents were doctors, right? I know his old man was immigrated from Iran. So I'm pretty sure this is as the story goes. Something about his his family immigrated. They let they fled like the Shah. Well, that makes you of Iranian descent, Mexico. right? That, that that means you're of Iranian descent. 
who happened to move to Mexico and then on to the U.S., right? That, and if that's the case. That right. does make him, uh, Elf, uh, he, he may be, an, uh, he's an American, Greg Kassar, but uh, he is of Iranian descent, right? Well, I mean, if, if look, I, I haven't done the, 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 the enough looking to find out if that's true. They moved from, from there to Mexico, but that's what I've heard. I do know he grew up quite well. Nothing wrong with that. Straight Jesuit. What does that mean? That's where he went to school. Oh, nice, really? Nice, nice private school, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're in the Houston area. He was he was hey, certainly hey, not hey, oppressed, hey, I can please, tell you that. Please, please, he's entitled to speak. Okay. But no, yeah, I've, I've heard those rumors just like you. I, I, I doubt you it could It really ever, doesn't I, matter. It's no, irrelevant. It it's irrelevant. irrelevant. I mean... His uh, the policy supports is the one that's the real issue, right? He's a big uh, he's a big anti-American, anti-capitalist kind of fella. Yeah, can't stand anti-capitalists. His policies are the problem. That's all. Yeah, uh, it is uh, eight fifty one. Jump in here at five one two eight three six zero five ninety. There's some grocery stores in the Midwest that are beginning to. Uh, Really limit the number of items you have in the checkouts. Well, stores do this already, right? So here's the ten, here's the ten item line, here's the fifteen item line, or twenty five item line, right? But now they're really starting to crack down because they're really concerned about theft in the self checkout lines. We talked about this, right? This has become a rampant problem. Mm. The self checkout lanes uh, in, in in many stores have been limited customers by ten items or fewer, and retailers confirmed in the Business Insider that customers with more than ten items will be redirected by staff to the checkout lanes. That makes sense, right? You don't want to get behind somebody that has twenty items in the ten item line. Everybody knows the frustration of that. I'm sure. Right. You're standing there and it's busy, and the guy, the, the there's a guy that just walked up, and he's got a whole cart full. He's going to do it himself. Yeah, the grocery chain Schnucks. They operate in uh, 115 stores: Missouri, Illinois, Indiana, Wisconsin. They told the Business Insider that uh, its stores had self checkouts with between four and eight uh, on average in each location, and they've seen a, a rapid uh, rise in uh, shoplifting. People forgetting to scan one or two things here and there. Oh, they just forget. That's right. Right. Easy to do. Right. Really easy. Uh, what's the name of this grocery? Schnucks? Schnucks. They're in the Midwest. Okay. They're not H-E-B. They're not even near it. They, they dream of being an H-E-B someday. All right. Uh, but they're not even near it. They're um, not even in the no same league. Be. No one could be. Yeah. H-E-B's major league. Schnucks is probably minor league. Triple A, maybe. Triple A? All right. All right. I, I Listen, I, I've often wondered how much inventory just, you know, accidentally goes... Uh, walks out the door in these self-checkout lanes. And you got... Well, usually it's like one person there just kind of, you know, looking and... Everybody's so brazen nowadays. Anyway, you know, I, 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 that seems like a great way to lose money as a business. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, it is uh, eight fifty three, and uh, and you can join us too at five one two eight three six zero five ninety. New lawsuit has been filed against the city of Austin and four other cities in uh, in this area. Uh, this lawsuit has been filed by the Attorney General Ken Paxton, targeting five Texas cities. Several of them right here in this area, San Marcos, Austin, Colleen, Elgin, and Denton. Uh, cities that have passed ordinances that aim to eliminate uh, enforcement of low-level marijuana possession. Uh, decriminalizing, basically. Right. And uh, the law prohibits police from making arrests or issuing citations for misdemeanor marijuana possession in most cases. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of leeway, right? I mean, if you... You get pulled over and you got a couple of pounds of pot in the trunk. You're you're probably going to get a, go to jail for that. Yeah, that's a little different. But if you got a roach in the ashtray and a, what an ounce or two, yeah, I mean, then they're yeah. supposed to look the other way. 
Or well, take, take it, but no. I mean, can they, they they take it from you, right? I would think so. But, and but then the, they just don't give you a citation. Admittedly, I've never been busted with pot, so I don't know. Well, State Attorney General Ken Paxton has filed a lawsuit against them, saying uh, the state's uh, guidelines forbid cities from adopting policies that don't fully enforce drug laws. These lawsuits ask the courts to temporarily and permanently bar enforcement of these uh, these city ordinances. What do you think about that? Uh, jump in here at 512-836-0590. I think there are a lot of Republicans that smoke pot that, uh, you know, uh, will, will, you know, would probably rather Ken Paxton go look somewhere else for, for something else to do on this. And really, when you think about it, I mean, you, you know, we hear it all the time nowadays, cops taking a, you know, taking a guy in for, you know, arrested for this reason or that reason. And, and, uh, you know, the DA, the judges, they don't do anything because it's too low level and they don't care. And, the cops eventually start saying, well, what's the point of arresting for this anyway? Because we know that the, you know, our, our district attorney and our judges won't hold them accountable in the first place. So it seems to me like this is really a waste of time. we got a lot of problems to worry about. And, well, you know, a couple of potheads out there. I mean, it, like if you're driving around and, you know, and you're getting high while you're driving around, that's one thing. But, you know, if you just, if somebody's just got some pot on them in their bag or something and they're going from point A to point B. The Todd and Oz Show, weekday mornings 5 to 10 on News Radio KLBJ. Most professional exterior paint jobs are guaranteed two to three years. Rhino Shield is guaranteed for 25 years. Hey, everybody, Todd Jeffries here for Rhino Shield. It's a ceramic coating that is eight times thicker than paint. It can be applied over any surface, including wood, bricks, stucco, steel, hardy board, vinyl, even your roof. And right now, they're offering a 15% discount. For a free quote, Texas Rhino Shield at 855 Rhino TX. That's 855 Rhino TX. And online, Texas Rhino Shield dot com.